This is episode number 116, Networking Through Service, with Nate Pale. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming virtual meetup called Courageous Conversations. You're probably wondering, what is that? This is a place that we started where we meet through Zoom every single Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time. This is an opportunity for you to connect with other members of this community, people who have been a part of our events, people who have been guests on our podcast, people who have shared their stories, or simply those that have stumbled upon our work and wanted to learn more about what we do. So how does it work? Well, every single Saturday, we have a topic that relates to our daily lives. And we choose to use that hour to discuss that particular topic by giving a chance and an opportunity to everyone that joins to share their own lived perspectives as it comes to that particular theme. So if you are looking to become a part of this community or are curious about what this space has to do and what it can create in your life, please go ahead and leave us a message through our website in which we'll respond back to you with all of the information about when the event happens and how you can join us on each and every single one of those calls. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough of meeting through I believe it was Unconventional Leaders That's group right. initially, and it's a group that Heather Parody had started, and so I'm very fortunate to be able to have a lot of these rich conversations that we're able to have. Today's guest, his name is Nate Payo, and like I said, him and I connected, I think it's been a couple of months uh, yeah, by now, yeah. and I wanted to bring you onto the show and give you an opportunity to share your own lived experience and your insights when it comes to this topic of service. Right. And, but before we dive into any of that and anything that is happening in today's world, <laughs> I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. And that is by answering the following question, who are you? Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And it's been a, a great chance to meet you over the last few months and, and, seen all the impact you have uh, with, with all the people you've met. So like you said, my name is Nate Pale. Um, if you asked me who I am, I would, I would maybe make a joke and say I am a, a professional buyer and an amateur social media influencer. <laughs> I, I, I have a podcast um, called the All In Podcast with Nate Pale, but my, my nine to five job, it's really not a nine to five, it's, it's, a, it's a full-time career, is I do purchasing for um, a residential construction developer. So 
I spent a lot of time networking with people, trying to find the best vendors, the best products and stuff like that. And, and over like the past few years, I've really seen um, a lot of benefit to myself professionally and, and personally where I feel fulfillment was when I connected with people um, with or within my industry and were able to help them make connections. So I've been on a little bit of an experiment this year of just saying, hey, if I could do more networking, more connections with people and help other people find their inspiration, their voice, their calling, whatever, and connect them to other people to help them on their path, like what would that look like after the mm-hmm. course of a year, after the course of like five years? It's just kind of like the idea of like, hey, the more I can do, the more I'm going to benefit or the, the more positive outcomes are likely to occur at the end of a year or five years. So I'm not selling anything. I'm not promoting anything. Um, really, I'm just here to um, meet uh, as many people as I can, find out what their stories are and help them along their path and provide a little inspiration on the way. Mm-hmm. You bring up a really good point when it comes to this concept of networking. And I think oftentimes we we want to be able to build everything fast. And in mm-hmm. one day, I mean, that's just, in my opinion, that's how our life are structured oftentimes is that it's that short-term gratification versus long-term gratification is a little bit harder to understand. Mm-hmm. And so in, in our case, we're choosing to actively build our communities and connect people with different opportunities or whatever it may be. But we also know that this is a long-term game. Mm-hmm. So the five people that you may connect with during the day or 10 people, it may seem like a small number in a scheme of things, but over a course of a year, that's mm-hmm. in the thousands yes. that you're reaching out. And I think sometimes people don't understand that. So take, take a second and really break down this concept of why did it make sense for you Mm-hmm. build your network and what has been the importance of it in your life okay so there's i always tell people when when they ask for career advice there's two things that are going to make you invaluable for your for your business or your job or your career whatever it is and there are also two things that can't be taken away from you they can't be replaced and that's your experience and your network mm-hmm. and both of those are things that can't happen overnight you can't go buy experience and you can't build a network of connections. You can go buy followers and you can go buy um, a bunch of like very shallow connections you can on, on social media. But when I'm talking about networking, I'm talking about real personal connections where you personally know the person. If you, if you called them up, they'd take your phone call. If, you could, if they asked you for help, you would help them. If you needed help, they would help you. And you're along the way meeting these people and developing relationships. And over time, um, especially if like you're starting out in your career, a lot of times we have like our friends that we know from high school, friends from college, and we have our work friends. And so we don't mix those two up. But as you go through life, life happens. Your, your close friends that you grew up with um, tend to fade away. And then the people you work with end up being the people that you're closest to because you spend the most time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start noticing like, Hey, the, the person I'm a coworker with, they're becoming, they're rising up in their career with me at the same time. And you're, and you're, you're building these networks and these friendships on this little scale of the people you interact with daily. And you, you don't realize it at the time, but like if you fast forward to where you're 10, 15 years of your career, kind of where I am, you look back and you say, Oh, all these people that I met earlier have played a part in my role somewhere. Some people above me, some people below me, some people at the same level. And it's all expanded and gone. And over time, you've met um, like 
a handful of really amazing people that have have done what I'd say a, a sponsorship for you. They're the ones that advocate for you. They're the ones that connect you to the people that really have made a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. And so you say, oh, those, those are really important people to have. So if 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 you have a small group of people and it's networked a little bit and the and you've set some roots and you've set some foundation and it's growing, you say, what if I did this more? What if I did more of this? What if I got outside of my comfort zone and tried to meet people from outside my industry and tried to really get a broader, diverse group of people that I'm connected to that have ideas, um, different backgrounds, different ways of living, different ways of looking at things and just see where it happens and see where it goes. So um, I'm kind of forget your original question um, because I've been talking about where where this networking goes and why I think it's important. But Mm -hmm. other than like you want to do more of it because you don't really know what the outcome is going to be. But if you look at what you, where you've been and it's been successful on a smaller scale, what if you expanded that larger and just more things are bound to happen? I'm a big advocate of if you, if you want positive outcomes, we don't rely on luck. We try to create our own luck. And that's by putting yourself in positions where positive outcomes are more likely to occur. And I believe mm-hmm. networking and meeting people is a way to do that. Cause if you want to get into an industry or you want to get into a field or you want to just be chase a hobby, you're more likely to find people to be connected to if you kind of put yourself in that, that position. So if you, if you really want to learn archery, um, going to, um, the, the coffee shop, maybe not the best place to go to meet people with archery. You might meet somebody, you might not, but if you go to places where people do archery, you're bound to meet somebody that you're going to connect with. Maybe show somebody shows you how to do it. Maybe you get kind of good at it. They kind of like guide you in a path of like, where you can pursue your, your passion a little bit deeper. So that, that's kind of my take on why mm-hmm. networking is so important. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the following? So I'll never forget this conversation I was having with my mom. This was many years ago. And I remember sitting down at the dinner table at our house in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And she had said something along the lines of that I'd be fortunate to have a handful of of friends when I reach her age. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time, it didn't really make sense for me. And the reason why was because I was still young. And inside of me, I said, how could that be true when I can look at my phone and call any one of these 50 to 100 friends that I have in the, in the context? Over time, I realized that there is a lot of truth to what you said, and that is the, the 50 goes down to 25 to 20 to 10 to 5. Mm-hmm. With, with your mindset and the approach that you take as far as connecting with as many people as possible over the course of a day, have you found that to still be the truth as far as at the end of the day, there's still just a handful of people or do you have a different perspective on that? I, I think you're right in the sense you're, you, you're only going to have like really, really close relationships with five to 10 people. And those are the people you're going to spend the majority of your, of your day with. That's going to be like your immediate family or your roommates or the people that you share an office space with the, or, or whatever it is you might be, where you go and you spend eight to 10 hours every single day with, those are the people you're gonna be the most connected to. And you're gonna have some friends outside of that that aren't as close, but they'll, they'll still be pretty close, but you might not see them as often. But I still think those are the people that like, you could call a year from now and they would pick up um, right where you left off. But mm-hmm. then there's also people that come into your life 
um, I might go on a little bit of a tangent here. Mm -hmm. Like, like I believe everybody that you meet is temporary in your life and and just some people are more temporary than others. So there's going to be people that are going to be lifelong, almost lifelong in your life that will always be there for you. And there's going to be people that you briefly met in passing, but maybe they taught you a lesson. Like I remember, um, a teacher in junior high, like shared with me a lesson and it sticks with me. I can't remember that teacher's name. I don't really remember what class it was. And I don't really remember like much other than that. And he probably doesn't remember me, but there's this brief moment in time where he made an impact and, and there's going to be people, all sorts of in between there is like people that you're, you're, you're friends with. Cause if you think about it, there's like maybe like a really close friend you had like 10, 15 years ago. And like you spent all this time with you really great and then you go like meet up with them for a coffee and like reconnect and in about an hour you kind of covered everything you're like huh i guess i guess that's kind of it so when you realize like that people come into your life for a, for a moment some moments longer than others they serve a purpose um and, and they're there for you to to you know impact your life positive or negative hopefully mostly positive mm-hmm. um but at the same time when I'm talking about networking and having a powerful network, they're not always people that you would consider like your five best friends. Like mm. these are people that could be uh, key influencers, key advocates, or connected to other people. So if if you knew somebody like myself and you said, hey, I, I we don't stay in contact every day, maybe a year or two passes, you say, hey, I really wanted to get um, plugged into something that you knew I knew something about and had a network of people that were in that, in that space, you might say, I'm going to send you an email. I'm going to say, Hey, it's great to hear from you. No problem. Let me connect you to two people that I really think you should know to meet. And so it's like, you're going to get an introduction. So that's why I think networking is, is really important to have this broad network is, is you're going to develop these connections of people you can reach out to that connect you to other people. Now, when you're networking with people, a lot of times, you say you meet 10 people today. Well, mm-hmm. of those 10 people, maybe one or two will have this, um, a skill set that, that connects you to more and more people. A lot of people will just be great. Some people will be passing, but some people are going to be like really, really important, have an impact in your life. And some of those people might only have a brief impact and some people might have like a, a longer impact. So when you say over time, do you want to keep building this because you're only going to have five friends? Well, the answer I would say is no, because you don't know who those people are that are mm. going to be that impactful person. So you want to meet as many people as you can to kind of expand your, your knowledge of meeting these people. And then these people are going to come and go and you never know where you're going to have. So, and it's not also just about meeting people. So you meet people. What I find a lot of value is, is when I meet somebody and they have a need for something and I know somebody else that has a solution for them and I'm able to connect those two and those people are able to, to to find success because they've been connected. That's where I find the most fulfillment isn't so much that I know people and people are doing stuff for me. Mm-hmm. I like to do stuff for other people. And the best way to do it is to connect two other people to each other that they can do something together. And then they're like real thankful for that, that introduction. So mm-hmm. long, long story, long answer for a short, short summary is um, you're right, but it doesn't mean you don't want to continually try to build relationships. 
Mm-hmm. And part of what you also just mentioned is the importance of service and really yes. creating a strong, strong network. I think, in my opinion, boils down to serving others or choosing to serve others first before your needs or whatever the things that you have. But before we get into that, I'm actually curious about one other component of what you just mentioned, and that is in situations when you have consciously noticed that you might have burned the bridge, mm-hmm. what do you do? Um, well, first you try, you try your best to not burn bridges. And, and the reason I say that is because you, you never, you never know. And I'll give you an example. A lot of times, um, in my industry construction, we might work for a company that uses a vendor and some other vendor wants to do work for us. And if I blow that vendor off, and don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't treat them with respect and kindness. Um, if I'm an asshole to them, like, sure, that's fine. They're, that's not a big deal in the sense of like, it's okay to do that because we work with this one vendor, but it's so small that I might actually one day leave the company I'm at and I'll be working for another company. And all of a sudden this vendor I had never used before um, is the preferred vendor. And now mm. I'm working with them and I have to, you know, save face and, and, you know, wipe bag off my face because I was a jerk to them. And vice versa, somebody you might meet that you don't do anything with might become, you know, you, your new favorite, or you might be working for somebody that um, is, we well, might have somebody working for you that's below you that ends up being your boss. So I always thought that you should, you should just be careful of how you treat people. You should treat people how you want to be treated because you never know. Now, when you do um, burn bridges or you do so, do something stupid, um, it happens, uh, whether it's intentional or, or not intentional, but I think the best way to save grace is to say, um, Hey, look, I've, I realized I made a mistake. I didn't treat you appropriately. Um, I had a different point of view at the time. It, it's changed. I understand how it came across to you and what can I do to repair that relationship and, um, just, you know, go, go to them and, and express you know, remorse for the way you behaved mm-hmm. and hopefully they, they find um, a way to forgive you or, or not. And you, you carry on. And sometimes you can't repair those relationships and, and that's okay too. You just have to realize that you did your best to repair it. And if it didn't go that way, then it didn't go that way. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. I want to take a slight transition from this topic and dive into the situation that we're experiencing right now in this world and depending on when this episode gets released we are in the i'm not sure day six day seven of this Mm -hmm. coronavirus pandemic that we're experiencing across the world and i'm just curious to know how does this particular event impact your own definition of service does it make you see things now that you may not have seen before as a human being as an individual when you approach different people when you try to build your network and provide value and serve others mm-hmm. or not really? No, it's definitely had a huge impact. Um, for me, I, you, there's a lot of things you take for granted and it, it's the, it's the, I don't know how to describe the type of businesses they would be. I, I call it like foot traffic businesses, like people mm-hmm. that cut your hair, people that, uh, open gyms, the restaurants, um, the dry cleaners, these places that you, you take for granted because they're always there and you can always find one if, if the, the one you're using is out of business. But now that they're, they're all 
like essentially closed down, at least in California, they've, they've shut down all non-essential businesses. So you can't necessarily go to these people. Um, and that to me, like you realize like how much you're dependent on them. But then I think about too, like, those are, those are people that were dependent on my service to them or, or me going to their, their place of business mm-hmm. not and, and other people to, to provide their income and they're not going to have an income for a while. So how can I support those people and what they're doing? Um, and on the flip side, I think if you're in that type of space and you're saying, hey, my income is definitely affected because I, I my business is, is shuttered right now. Like mm-hmm. what are ways that I can serve others to, to help through this? So for example, if I can't go to the gym because it's closed, then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I don't have anything to do at home. I don't know what ideas. If you, um, if you, if you go to, sorry, I'm kind of drawing a blank here. Um, so if you own a gym and you say, Hey, like my yoga instructor, they decided to host zoom meeting classes and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I'm at home. I've got, I can't work out, but I could go onto a zoom meeting and I could watch a yoga instructor t- teach me yoga. And in a sense, they're providing me a service because I need to stay healthy and I'm able to support their business uh, remotely. And then you look at what you can do to serve, you know, because maybe your mindset is thinking to yourself like, okay, I have a studio, I have enough local traffic and I can take 15 students in my class and that's all I can take. But now I'm in this digital platform, maybe I can serve 50 students or 100 students or a lot more mm-hmm. students that I can I can reach. And all of a sudden it's expanded your business. So when this passes, which it will pass, um, you might go, Hey, I can still have my brick and mortar. I can still serve my local market on a personal level, but I can also do some stuff on a large, larger scale and help more people. So I think there's, there's definitely been an impact on how we view service to others through this coronavirus. But at the same time, I think people are going to get resourceful and they're going to get creative and they're going to find ways to serve people until this is past us. And that's going to expand into better ways of serving people in the future. Mm-hmm. You have a really interesting mindset that I think worthwhile exploring and diving deeper into it because I'm a huge believer in looking at whatever the challenge or whatever the adversity may be and creating those windows of opportunity and possibility mm-hmm. that we can see differently, right? Because if there's anything that I've learned throughout life, it is that during moments of fear and anxiety and depression and all these other things, you also can experience moments of the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And to me, it boils down to a choice. Now it's not to say that I'm choosing to not acknowledge the reality for what it may be. It's rather I'm choosing to reshape that reality into a future version of it into what Mm -hmm. I could see. So in in this particular time and place that you're experiencing as an individual, help us understand what do you do personally that helps you see a possibility or an opportunity within a time of adversity? Um, I like to, to take the problem at hand and, and kind of think about it and, and kick the idea around. And like, if you said, Hey, I, I have this challenge and my challenge is how can I, how can I keep my business afloat um, during this time? 
so then I like to think about, okay, what, what am I, what, what are the steps I'm doing? What are the tasks I'm doing? What is, what it was the service I was providing mm-hmm. and how could that be provided in a different fashion, a different method? And I like to just kind of like my brain and my mind wander through ideas. And then maybe I will look at a different problem for somebody else, or I'll read about something or I'll read a book or I'll watch a video or a blog post. And given enough time, that idea kind of manifests itself and it, it blossoms with something and you go, okay, maybe there's a really good idea. So then you, you converse with some other people and you share that idea like, Hey, what if somebody did this, this or that instead of what they're currently doing? And then the people that you're talking to about it, they, they have ideas around it too. And you're, you're bouncing a little bit of ideas off of it. Hopefully that turns into something that works for somebody, or maybe it's the dumbest idea you've ever heard, but it spawns off some great idea because of it that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't had this bad idea. So I think it's, it's for me, solving problems, especially in this time of crisis is generating ideas and generating different points of view until something just kind of like really clicks and it makes sense. And, and they have to be, you know, you have to converge and diverge. So you go, um, a convergence means I think we're going to, um, sorry, I'm going to start with diverge. So you're going to like have an idea and let's just blossom everything out of that. Like what are the craziest things? Like, could we mix this or with that? There's a, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. Like, could we mix those two together? And then like, when you bring back the ideas and you converge them, you, you have all these crazy ideas and you go, what are the three or four that really make sense? And you start trying to narrow those down and make those better ideas and then bring them into what focused ideas. So it, it's a lot of crazy ideas and then picking and choosing what you think are the best and trying to make those more refined and implementable. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like action plays a big role in big reframing that crisis or the problem or whatever the situation that you have at hand. Yeah, exactly. It's really interesting because I've, I've learned the same exact thing over time. Whenever I experience a problem, the first thing that I try and do is put yourself into action, mm-hmm. whatever the form may be. And sometimes it, the action could literally be as small as what you just said, brainstorm what's mm. possible during this particular time and whatever the problem that you may be experiencing, whether not being able to pay X, Y, and Z bill, not knowing how to support your family household, not knowing how you're going to take care of the additional fees that you're going to have to pay for, for childcare or, or mm. whatever the service that might be available to keep your children occupied because mm-hmm. let's face it. So I, I'm not a parent, but after having had conversations with parents, it's a challenge to keep a seven or eight or nine year old occupied for more than two hours. Cause it's a complete new life adjustment that you, <laughs> that you have mm-hmm. to make in understanding yeah, that. It's definitely different. And so it's, it's, I think approaching it from the mindset that you described and that is just get yourself into action, just start action. doing yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. is going to lead somewhere that you may not mm-hmm. have been before. I, I believe in that. And it's just, take some sort of action, just pick something up and try to move it a little bit. If you're, if you're consistently moving the needle every day, even if your path isn't defined, you're going to make progress of some kind and you're going to learn along the way. And, and this path will define itself. And all of a sudden you go from maybe wandering to have figured out like, Oh, I'm kind of heading down this path and I'm going to be closer to this. So like, I, I see something I want to pursue and chase and it's in into my vision 
you go down it. So if you hadn't just started moving, then you just get to see what's in front of you and you're going to miss, you know, chances to, to turn it around. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on energy? How much do you think energy plays a role in focusing or channeling that into a specific task? And is it, is it really a big component of manifestation of whatever it is that you envision? It's funny you say that because I was, I, and I don't recall the guy's book, but he was a, a quantum physicist and it's, I could look it up for you in the, in my, um, audible, mm-hmm. but he talks about like why the power of intention works and why manifestation works or the law of attraction works is because at like at very molecular levels at quantum levels, it, everything just boils down to energy. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how, when you're, when you or watching atoms go, and this is way outside my expertise to talk about quantum physics, <laughs> but, but but energy, like a proton or a neutron or an electron or whatever, can be in multiple places at the at the same time. But you, it's only when you focus on that energy can you define it in that one spot. So mm. so you talk about energy goes, no energy flows where focus goes. So if you focus on a spot, you, you can see the energy and you can be it, but it can be at all, all places at all times. So because you, you watch it at one spot versus you watch it at another spot, it's, it's in both. They both can be right. So if everything's energy and you put your focus on energy, then it's, it's going to start manifesting in some way. So you can't just sit here and think, I want an ice cream cone. I'm going to imagine an ice cream cone. It's going to appear. But because you know it's possible to get an ice cream cone, you can think about where you could go to get it, how mm-hmm. you can find some money to get Like, let's say you don't even have any money to go get it, but you can think like, well, maybe I'll check, check my couch cushions. Like, maybe I could, I got something between the seat of my car and I can find like a dollar or something like that to go buy an ice cream cone. Because you've believed in yourself that you can do it and you believe that you can find a solution to it, you're able to do it. So when you think about things that you can't do, it's usually because they don't seem possible to you. So I believe that if you put your energy and focus on solutions that make things believable to yourself, you're able to um, attract those things because you're going to put yourself into scenarios that are able to make it possible. So yes, energy makes a huge focus on things. Just like when you start thinking about like, I want to get a new car and it's going to mm-hmm. be a white car. Now you see white cars everywhere. Like yeah. you become more aware of those opportunities. They were always there but you weren't focused on it. So when you start focusing on certain things, you start noticing the opportunities, you become aware. And then now you're able to make, um, you're, you're able to build some momentum and you're able to put yourself in positions to pursue where you're focused on. Like it just becomes like, it's always there to begin with, but because you weren't focused on it, it wasn't there for you. Mm-hmm. you focus on it, it becomes more available to you. And then it's just a matter of finding a, a, a belief in your mind that this is possible and I can, and I can make it happen. Persistence. Yeah. I've always wondered that how that happens because I've had the same exact examples. I mean, numerous number of times when I would think of a car and literally every, it seems like every other car I see is either Mm -hmm. that, or if it's of a particular color, particular model. And, and I would be driving down this highway and just thinking, how is it possible that I just passed 25 cars of the same exact model, (laughs) but it's, it's all about focus, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's picking that one dot in the universe and you kind of go after it. And the thing that I liked about what you just said is persistence is everything. It's identifying that thing. And from there, 
persisting at it because it's through that that you actually pave a path to attaining that particular thing or whatever it is that you have in front of you. Exactly. My final thought for today's episode, and this is something that I ask a lot of our guests that come onto the show, and that is how have you or how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today? Is this like me as a personal question? This how is you I... as a personal question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me today, I think I need to think about um, the people that are impacted the most um, mm-hmm. with the coronavirus and how I could be of service to them. Um, I've had this idea kicking around of, of, uh, of there's a meme floating around and it's, um, it's like a floor plan of somebody's house. And it says, I'm checking out maps for my weekend getaway. And it's like, am I going to the master bedroom? Am I going to the bathroom? Am I going to the kitchen? And it's, it's pretty funny. And I've shared it a few times. People kind of got a laugh at it. And, and I thought about like, Hey, this would make a like a really good chance to take something that people are making jokes about, but make it um, relative to somebody's business. So if you're a realtor, like that's a funny joke, but you could take your own floor plan. You could say, "Hey, I'm going to the bathroom for my weekend getaway," and then make a little picture of like a salon or a spa huh. next to it, or the bath or the patio could be a beach, and you go, "Okay, so like now I could take that something that's current in in." social media make mm-hmm. it relative to to my business and i can put this out there and i can promote my business so it's really to me it's like giving people ideas to like not be discouraged and not be despair like instead of just sitting back and waiting for life to happen take a look at the things people are getting a laugh out of and and providing joy in their life and see if you can not capitalize on it but put your own spin on it that kind of shows people like hey there's it's not all gonna be bad and i can kind of use it to generate and and help lift people up and maybe it's an opportunity for people to get interested in the business that you're providing under the new circumstances so i think for me it's it's maybe getting a little inspiration to others that hey let's let's take some funny stuff and uh, make it relevant and, and not not lose hope mm-hmm now I want to flip that question and that is ask you a question again. And as how can people help you? How can people help me? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, of course, uh, you know, I, I find fulfillment in getting people connected with other people with helping them up with ideas. So if you felt like you wanted to reach out and ask questions and connect on any social platform i'd love to you know get to know you a little bit better and maybe there's an opportunity to help you through a challenge or a problem Mm -hmm. and maybe there's somebody in my network that i could connect you to to help with the challenge or problem so um that that's really what i would ask for somebody to to connect with me and see what i can do to help them out Mm -hmm. and nate where do people find you um linkedin's a great spot um I'm under Nate Payo or Nathan Payo. I have a website, www.natepayo.com, which would have links to Instagram, LinkedIn, all that other stuff. And then I'm also on iTunes with the All In podcast with Nate Payo. So those mm-hmm. are three places you could find me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for connecting. Thank you for sharing your experience and the different techniques that you've learned along the way when it comes to dealing <laughs> with adversity and networking. Because I think both of those are really powerful tools, not even in today's 
day and age and what we're going through, but more so just ever. And yeah. when we, when you think about network and I always make a joke about this, when we go to school, my experience was that I did not have a networking one-on-one class. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I reached out to some of the professors and I said, why is this a thing? Why do we not have this, what appears to be an essential class when really everything after that education or that period, that time frame, it becomes about who you know and who knows you. Everything mm-hmm. becomes about your network. Yep. Very rarely does it have to do with what grades you got, what was your GPA, and where'd you go to school. Mm-hmm. Everything has to do with what are you doing with it and how are you serving other people. And so I just found it really fascinating how, yep, we still don't offer classes like that, but really that becomes the name of the game. When it really on. is. I mean, that's why they had country clubs in the past and it was exclusive to get a membership. But mm-hmm. with the way, way things are with social media, I think the barriers are down and it's so easy to get connected with people if you just put in the time and the effort and you don't focus on, hey, what's in it for me and what's in mm-hmm. it for the short term, but just like, how can I serve people in my network and how can I build long-term lasting relationships um, with that in mind? And if you give it a good solid five years, you know, long game in mind you're going to be so shocked at how far you have come like your expectations i think will be blown away you won't have imagined like where you are at because of that mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, describing your experience and the impact that this particular show has had on you and your life. Second, if you haven't subscribed to our show, go ahead and do so, so you don't miss out on any of the latest guests or any of the latest content. Third, If you are looking to get more connected to this particular community and all of the things that it has to offer, consider joining us on our weekly calls called Courageous Conversations, which take place through Zoom. They're free of charge, happen every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you are interested, please go ahead and leave us a message through our website, and that is overcomingodds.today and we'll be happy to respond to you with all the details about how you can join any of those particular calls. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.